Uh, let's just pray. Oh, Father in heaven, again, we just thank you for this time of prayer. It's just wonderful to spend time with you and give you our requests. And now we just pray that you would speak to us through your word and let us just come away um, worshiping you and loving you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, I was thinking back. I remember the first funeral I ever went to as a, a young person with my family. It was for a funeral for a 22-year-old daughter of our neighbor who lived next door. And she was in perfect health. She was fine. But one night, she just died suddenly of a brain aneurysm and um, was no more. And I remember just walking into that church and seeing the easel where uh, she had a picture, this picture of her smiling, and she just seemed so happy and so alive in that picture. But at the same time, this really somber music was playing that reminded me that she was not with us. And I just remember feeling so sad, deeply sad. Um... Solomon said that it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting because that is the end of every man and the living take it to heart. And that day I took it to heart. I just thought about how death is, how sad it is, and how we all will meet it. I thought how how I will also meet this someday. But in our passage this evening, uh, we will see the absolute reversal of death made possible by Christ. Why don't we turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2. Verses 14 and 15. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. The book of Hebrews is about the superiority of Christ above all else. And the imperative to keep faith in Christ. In the opening chapter of Hebrews, it talks about how Jesus is superior to angels. Jesus isn't just an ordinary heavenly messenger that that shows up sometimes. Uh, Jesus is the creator. He's worshipped by the heavenly messengers, the angels. He's the ruler of the universe. He's eternal. In chapter 2, there's a shift in theme from this powerful, divine, dignified son whose throne is forever and who's laid the foundations of the earth to the historical reality of the son as a human being of flesh and blood, like other men, subject to temptation, suffering death. And this chapter is about the willful humiliation of Christ, how Christ became a brother to us, to snatch us up, to give us a great salvation. Being in verse 11, it says, he's not ashamed to call us brothers. And as those verses go on, it says that we are children of God. Now look with me, Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15. I'll just read this. It says, therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. So what I think we'll see from this passage today is that Jesus is in solidarity with us in becoming flesh. And through his death, he accomplished victory 
and deliverance. Let's walk through this. Notice the first line. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things. You know, there's a fable uh, about an old king of England named King Canute. King Canute, great name. Um, But the story goes that he was really annoyed at his advisors because his advisors would flatter him all the time, tell him how great he was trying to, you know, get in the good graces of the king. And Canute was kind of a humble man, so what he did is he had his men go out to the beach. And just as the tide was rising, he got his throne, he set his throne in the sand, and he sat down there with his men, and he commanded the tide to not rise. He said, tide, do not rise and don't get my feet wet. Well, as the hour went by, the tide did exactly that. It rose, and his feet got wet, and the edges of his robe were soaked in seawater. And he looked at his men and said, I'm a king, but I'm also just a man. You know, it's very true. Um, Every person, the most powerful man in a country, the most powerful person in the country, all the way down to the lowest or poorest person, we all have humanity in common. We have this shared humanity. You and me share in flesh and blood. This is our human condition. And it's also what makes us weak. We're weak by this. Our flesh can be heard. We have blood that can flow out of us. Our body ages. Now, God isn't like that. God is greater. I mean, humanity is made in God's image, but God himself is spirit. Um, he's powerful. He's limitless. But this is saying that God made a decision for God's son to become man. We call this in theology the incarnation, which literally means in flesh, God becoming flesh, incarnating into human form. So what we all have in common, flesh and blood and body, he shared. Jesus could sit in the very chair you're sitting in right now. He had a body with nerves that feel pain. He had skin that could be too cold or too hot. He had a heartbeat. You could take his pulse. Jesus participated in humanity physically. Well, why? Well, according to this verse, it's because we are human. Jesus became human because we are, and he desires to save us. This is absolutely amazing. Um, But the problem is, to be in the human condition means that we're subject to death. Death is the final great reality that our condition has. And it's been this way since the fall in Genesis 3. When Adam and Eve sinned, being tempted by the serpent, Satan, they fell. And death entered the human condition. And so did sin. And since the fall, Satan has been the god of this world, as 2 Corinthians Corinthians 4.4 calls him. But have you considered how Satan rules and ensnares people? He rules by the fear of death. No one wants to die. Uh, But people die one by one around us as we go through our lives. This is one of the greatest fears, and Satan uses this. The false religions of this world rule with an iron grip by people's fear of death. 
pagans worship idols and spirits of, of nature because they fear being killed by nature. They don't love the deities that they placate them, trying to keep them off their back. Also, think of the um, people who fill their lives with, with pleasures. Just one pleasure after another, sinful pleasures, even with a sense of urgency, grasping every experience out of life to make them forget about death because it terrorizes them. Fear of death is a profound slavery that affects all the human race. Well, how does Jesus' incarnation answer this? So let's read the rest of, the, of this passage. Jesus partook of the same thing so that through death, he might destroy the one who has power of death, that is the devil, and free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. So we see, we see here, Jesus' own death, and then Jesus' death split into these two outcomes. One, destroying the devil, and two, freeing people from slavery of their fear of death. To understand this, let's, let's think back to the Gospels. Jesus, in his incarnation, was the march of life, the march of the kingdom of God, advancing. His kingdom was advancing to roll back the kingdom of Satan. It was just so exciting. He was healing people. When Jesus touched someone who was sick, they were healed. When he touched someone who was unclean, he didn't become unclean like most people. When you touch someone who's unclean, they would become clean and they would be healed. There's this reversal, and Satan tried to tempt Jesus to sin, but failed. Satan's demons could not withstand Jesus. So on that faithful Passover night, when Satan entered Judas, and Jesus was betrayed to die, Jesus died. Jesus died, but death couldn't finally kill Jesus. When death meets Jesus, death dies. Jesus killed death. He rose from the dead. He rose again. Jesus is the only man in history of flesh and blood who dueled with the devil and won. And his victory is shared with a new humanity of those who belong to Jesus, his brothers, the children of God. He offers life and freedom from slavery to all who would believe. You know, I'll say now, if anyone's here and you're not a Christian, take some time to consider this. Um, whatever, you've had, whatever you've experienced in your life, death is coming to you, and now is the time to consider Christ. Those who put their faith in Christ are set free from this slavery. You can be set free. Trust in the, the deathless one who died and came back to tell us the good news that those who are his are his brothers, and with our eyes, when our eyes close, we are guaranteed to be with him forever. This is what he guarantees us. I really like the author A.B. Bruce, who writes on this passage. While the Holy One stands apart from us in the isolation of his sinlessness, God's sinless, we sinners fear to die. But when we see him, Jesus, by our side, even in death, which we have been accustomed to regard as the penalty of sin, death ceases to appear as penalty and becomes the gate of heaven. I just love that image that with Jesus by our side, death, this ugly thing, becomes the gate to heaven. It doesn't enslave us anymore. 
So what we see just from this text that Jesus is with us, he died for us, the devil is defeated, the fear that enslaves us is gone from those who are his. I just wanted to think in thinking through this, think through, I think, four applications for us to think about as we meditate on this passage. How does this apply to our lives? First, if you are in Jesus, fear nothing. You don't need to be afraid. There are a hundred things that make us timid, nervous, or afraid. You know, maybe it's losing your job, or not finding a job, or what your kids will grow up to be, or uh, maybe you fear what other people think, or sickness, or death. Maybe your family is in danger. We worry about many things, and we're afraid of many things. But if even death is no match for Christ, then you're set free. Christ gives you the power to live a fearless life, a courageous life without fear. So don't be afraid. When you feel fear arising in you, pray and talk back to it. Christ has won the victory. I'm no slave of fear. I'm not a slave of death. I'm not a slave of the devil. I'm a child of God. I'm with Christ. Christ went to great lengths to save me from death itself. What am I to be afraid of? So fear nothing. Second, be comforted about death. When facing aging or bad health or hospital visits or funerals, when these things confront you, take Jesus to heart. Death is not the end. Don't fear it. It's the gate to heaven. He will hold your hand and will lead you. He already broke the devil's chains. He'll bring you to himself. He's promised. And third, just to remember that Jesus is in solidarity with your weakness. He decided to come down to you, to descend to you, and to be humble for our sake so that he could exalt us to give us salvation. So don't be looking down all the time. Um, Jesus identifies with us in our humanity. God is with you. I really like, um, I always appreciate how Caleb prays. Sometimes he prays, Christ, our elder brother. I think we should all speak like that. Um, It reminds us that Jesus is with us and close, even though we haven't died yet. When we die, we'll be with him. Even now we're with him um, on the earth. So fear nothing, be comforted in death. Remember that Jesus is in solidarity with you. And lastly, just persevere in your love and worship of Jesus. I think implicit in these verses is Jesus' love of mankind. He descended to us to free us, and he did this great act of love. Let's love him back. Let's just go out tonight with our eyes fixed on the love of God, just thinking about how much God deeply loves us. And as we go about the rest of our evening and our week, let's just reflect on the great love he's had for us, and let's just worship him and and love him more because of what he's done to free us from the slavery of the fear of death and from the power of Satan. I'll just pray to close us out. Lord God, I would just thank you for what you've done for us. This condition we're in, this human condition of mortality, um, you've come to solve. You've come to us. You've died for us. You freed us from death, from slavery. We just pray that we would um, remember this passage and apply it to the way we live, the way we love you, And we just ask you to bless this evening. In Jesus' name, amen.